This is Randy Sullivan with Bourbon Real Talk. What is the best craft whiskey that you've never heard of? Well, luckily I'm here right now. Let's go take a look. here with Matt from Leaper's Fork and I just have to tell you Matt how I found you it's kind of a hilarious story I came in town uh, in Tennessee to go to a concert and I asked my wife where's this concert at and she was like it's at Puckett's Grocery and I was like cool we're going to this hipster bar that has a weird name no it was literally a grocery store at one point that they've converted yep. into yep. a bar and restaurant and music venue um, lovely place, great food, and I strongly suggest that if you ever make it to this region, you check out Puckett's too. Um, and when I was there, they didn't even have any alcohol on display, or any liquor anyway. And by chance, I figured out that they do have a liquor license, and I asked them, do you have anything that's not available generally yeah. to the public uh, in other places? And he said, yes, I do. I have whiskey from right here in Leaper's Fork. That's right. And I ordered it, knowing I was going to hate it. <laughs> and That's I did good. not. Good, good. Yes. Really enjoyed it. In fact, enjoyed it so much. We sought you guys out and we came uh, to the distillery a couple days later and picked up bottles, took it back to Dallas with us, shared it with a bunch of people. And now you have a huge fan base there that you probably didn't know about. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. So let's get into it, Matt. Tell us about your brand. How long have you been around? You know, when, when yeah. did you start? So um, to bring you all the way back, Lee Kennedy, our owner and operator, um, and head distiller. He got started when he was actually 16 years old distilling in his mom's basement. Okay. Um, his, our our CFO, who's his uncle, gave him a Foxfire book and it had a chapter on distillation. Okay. It's kind of like the redneck encyclopedia. <laughs> and so he stole his mom's pressure cooker, went down to the basement with a copper condensing line and a five gallon bucket from Home Depot and started making really crude whiskey. Uh, he kind of worked his way up to being a barn distiller, um, became infatuated with it, and finally um, started changing, helped to change some laws in Tennessee in 2009 uh, to open up distillation across the state. And then in 2015, uh, we finally were able to uh, get the distillery cleared um, in Williamson County here. So uh, we've been around for a little over five years. Um, we do about 25,000 gallons of whiskey per year. It's about mm -hmm. 500 barrels. Uh, Put that in perspective, Jack Daniels does 125,000 gallons a day. A day, uh, yes. Right? Uh, so we, uh, we're we just a whiskey house. Um, we don't do vodka gin. Um, not to say that we won't in the future. Um, we pride ourselves on being low impact and high quality. Uh, we're probably one of the most inefficient distilleries in the country uh, mm -hmm. because it's all quality driven decisions. So um, our goal is to put back uh, a, a high quality premium whiskey. Um, it's all pot still distillation on a 500 gallon Vendum pot still, Scottish style swan neck, Cypress fermentation tanks. We actually grow all of our own corn. We mill all of our own grains as well. Mm -hmm. um, we don't like to use the word grain to glass for marketing terms, but we truly are a grain to glass distillery. So. Mm -hmm. Um, and our goal is eventually to have these products at a uh, seven to nine year age statement um, and then continue from there. So, so you, you've covered some amazing highlights there. I'd really like to dig into some of what it was that you talked about because there are some unique things that you, that you shared that I think a, can be attributed to why this whiskey tastes so good compared to what a lot of people would expect when they hear the word craft. Right. Craft doesn't in craft and beer usually means unique and fun and what well, right, right. but craft and whiskey, you know, the joke is, did you say crap or craft whiskey? Right. right. And right. and so 
um, I want people to, to understand there are some things that you guys are doing that other people don't necessarily do. Like Vendome, they're the number one still, still producer in the, world, in the yeah. world for sure. No question. So obviously you've got high quality, um, high quality um, equipment. Um, but you also have plates in it. So it's not just a straight pot still, right? So it's more like of, uh, it, you're going from the pot into... Right. We're running from a, a, a true 500-gallon traditional pot, um, and then we run into a secondary column still. Mm -hmm. um, so the, we actually have four plates in there. Um, we're not running necessarily all four plates, um, depending on what we're making. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have a much lower exit proof off that still, which we think attributes to uh, some of those great flavor profiles. So we're coming off in about 137 to 140 proof. So right. um, by law, you know, we come off up to 160. Yeah. So we're coming off um, at 137, which, which we think is, is we're shooting ourselves in the foot, but we do it for that quality reason. Right. Um, and then we're going into a barrel actually at 110 proof and we can go in at 125. Hey there, Bourbon Real Talk listeners and watchers. Randy Sullivan here. Wanted to take a quick break to tell you how you can support the channel. We've had a lot of people that have come into the Bourbon Real Talk family lately and we're grateful for every one of you. But unlike a lot of other channels, we don't have a Patreon and I don't allow anyone to sponsor the show. So what I do have though is some merchandise. We have Bourbon Real Talk hats. We've got Bourbon Real Talk t-shirts. Very soft, high quality. We also have Whiskey Wife t-shirts for the long-suffering significant others in our lives. We have full-size Glens for when you need an official whiskey tasting experience. We have Wee Glens for when, you know, you wanna drink a little bit less, maybe try a few extra samples. We have insulated tumblers for when you want to drink incognito. We have full-size Glen lanyards for when you need hands-free access at a bottle share. We've got candles, including charcoal and tonka, leather, and Cuban cigar. We have one and two ounce whiskey sample storage boxes. And of course, we have the American Whiskey Aroma Kit for when you want to step your whiskey game up and be able to break a whiskey down to its components. If you saw any of this stuff, you want to support the channel, you can head on over to bourbonrealtalk.com forward slash shop and pick something up. But if you just want to hang out here and learn, I'm totally happy with that as well. Just happy to have you as a listener. One of the things that you've mentioned was Stave Age, right? So all of the major Kentucky distilleries have mass produced barrels from a company called ISC and their barrels are um, the, the, the staves are dried in a kiln yes. and then you can air dry staves Correct. and the bottle that all of you probably know about if you're big whiskey enthusiasts that did a study on air drying staves would be uh, Buffalo Trace uh, seasoned oak. Yes. And they, they, they normally air dry their staves for six months, but for seasoned oak, they did it for 13 months. Right. And most people believe that it made a big difference. The big difference between kiln and air dried is it pulls more of the tannins out of the wood so that that bitter flavor doesn't make its way into the whiskey. But it's also right. a way more expensive way right. to make your barrels. So when you hear about somebody that's using air dried staves for their barrels and they're toasting. Yes. So a typical barrel from, you know, for from ISC is going to have maybe a 45 second to 55 second exposure to fire to char the inside. They're getting that. But before they do that, 
they're they're slowly toasting those right. barrels for what 45 55 minutes i mean it's yeah it depends on the cooperage because we are using several different cooperages this year mm -hmm. um, just because everyone knows supply chain has been right insane each barrel is going to be completely unique as we know um there could be 32 staves in that barrel that's 32 different trees right um, all each one growing you know and different uniquely right. um so we found that by by kind of Branching out our cooperages, um, we're hoping that that deepens our blending bench. Sure. Um, and we've also been working with Ashley Barnes and Monica Wolf at the Spirits Group for our blending profiling, and they've been doing an amazing job. I and mean, we would not have these products in front of us if it wasn't for that. Um, so um, I think that we've we've kind of hopefully created the perfect formula here. Yeah. Um, so uh, you also use the Lincoln County process for your Tennessee whiskey. It's yeah. a legal requirement. Uh, but it's something that I really like for pot still whiskeys right. because pot stills throw off a lot more of the congeners that get filtered out by the uh, column distillation process. Yep. And Jack Daniels makes a big deal about you know them using the Lincoln County process, but there's an argument to be made that on really cleaned up distillate that's gone through the column distillation process, you may not even need the Lincoln County process. What I loved about your whiskey was that it wasn't that over-the-top, oily, unctuous, like just kind of punch you in your face. It felt more balanced to me. Um, okay. And, and I, I attribute at least part of that to your distillation process, but also your, um, your Lincoln County. And then I did want to talk about something that's super interesting. You guys use Cypress fermentation tanks. We do, yes. And, and uh, yes. <laughs> that's interesting because uh, you can't harvest Cypress trees no. Uh, commercially any longer. Yes. So how did you guys get the wood for this? So we actually commissioned um, a, a company called CSA, Confederate Stills of Alabama. Um, they made those barrels for us. Um, they actually, so it's illegal to harvest a wild living cypress, but they still actually farm. Yeah. So um, they put those together for us. Uh, they're a love-hate relationship. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's the stainless steel of the 1800s. We try to do pre-prohibition style traditional di uh, distilling. That's why we're sitting here in the taste room in a 225-year-old cabin. Mm -hmm. um, that's why our still house is all mortise and tenon and it's held together by arches and pegs. Our goal was to take people back in history when they come onto our property to see true distillation and how it would have been done um, as the Scotch and Irish came over the Appalachian Mountains settling this area with their stills on their backs. Mm -hmm. um, and so everything we do here has a purpose. And those Cypress fermentation tanks, um, they look great. Mm -hmm. um, they are a little bit more susceptible to uh, kind of getting a bacteria issue in some of your mash. So we have to be very diligent on cleaning. We steam them to 220 degrees to just just kind of clean everything out uh, before that mash goes in there. Uh, we do a three to five day uh, fermentation. Um, most of our fermentation is on a five day. Um, is it a sour or sweet mash? We are actually a sweet mash okay. distillery. We don't do any sour mash here. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I don't think there's a ton of us in the in the, in the state United States yeah. that are doing this, especially Tennessee. Um, you know, Tennessee is kind of synonymous with sour mash, Lincoln County process. Whiskey. Sure. So, um, and that's for a hundred years, 1909 to 2009, it was Jack Daniels and George Dickel here. Right. Um, so we finally got those laws changed and then finally 2016. So we went from three distilleries, two to three distilleries in the state uh, in 2009, 2008 to well over 40 now. Yeah. Uh, so that's why you see a lot younger distilleries here uh, in Tennessee versus Kentucky. We didn't really open that up after prohibition in 1933. So you guys are true representatives of old school, pre-prohibition Tennessee whiskey. Yes. So if that's an experience you're looking for, look no further yeah. than Leaper's Fork because that's what you're getting. 
Um, and the fact that you guys are sweet mash, right? I mean, sweet mash, basically there's no back set from the previous run put in. So exactly. that, that makes it so that the fermentation process is going to take a little bit longer, um, but you're gonna have a wider range of pHs and those different pH levels are gonna throw off different esters and other congeners that are gonna exactly. give you the ability to yeah. make a more flavorful whiskey, but it costs way more money. Yeah. Um, and it takes way more time and there's a more of a risk of a bad run and you're having to waste material. Exactly. So enough about the process. Yes. Let's drink the whiskey. Yeah. So I actually have the glasses poured in the same order as the bottles. Yes. Um, and so we've got uh, on the far left the uh, Tennessee whiskey. Yes. In the middle we've got the bourbon. And on the far right, we have your unaged, this is your distillate. Yeah, this is our Tennessee white whiskey. So it is distilled a little bit differently. Um, it does uh, from our other two. So it's not exactly our new make spirit. Mm -hmm. um, it is 90 proof. Um, that white whiskey is actually under the Old Natchez Trace brand. Um, which was basically a whiskey highway that ran through the front of this property back okay. in the day. So that, this does have a really historical whiskey making uh, history to this property as well. One of the tasting notes, especially on some of the stuff that comes out of our barrels, when we were tasting over the past four years, we were finding, we use the word um, almost green wood. Yeah, um, like so a little pepper, like a, a yeah, yeah exactly. a little. I tell people with our white whiskeys, when you look at that grain bill, think about how it would taste like if it was bread. Mm -hmm. So cornbread is very sweet, full mouthfeel, lingering finish, stays with you for a while. You know, everyone says that that Kentucky hug, right? Mm -hmm. It's a Tennessee snuggle. Right, uh, right so, yeah, Tennessee uh, snuggle. Yeah, we don't struggle with the Tennessee snuggle. So, <laughs> um, but <laughs> so that's that's ninety proof. But um, we wanted to show people during our tastings here at the distillery uh, how wi uh, whiskey starts mm -hmm. uh, and then what it becomes. So. Um, that was kind of our, our goal with that one. Um, it was an educational tool for us for the last four years. It makes great cocktails. Well, let's check out that bottled and blind uh, bourbon. Yes, so this is our latest release. Um, it's a 10 barrel blend, actually. Um, we went with the bottle and bond. Uh, we kind of painted ourselves in a corner with bottle and bond uh, in a good way. Uh, we wanted people to know that the name on the front uh, is actually where it came from. So to be a bottle and bond product, you gotta be four years old, you gotta be 100 proof made in a single distilling season, and it's gotta be um, uh, made at a single distillery. Right. Um, so we wanted, there's so many confusion on the shelves um, when you walk into a liquor store that to us, that bottle and bond was a purity statement, not sure. for marketing and advertising necessarily. So, um, but it is a 70% corn, 15% wheat, and 15% malted barley, uh, that toasted malted barley as well. Um, but that wheat component gives a little bit softer characteristic to it. This is y'all's first release of your own distillate. Yes, actually and the uh, the Tennessee whiskey was, is, right? we had a straight rye whiskey that we did as well, and then some single barrels in there. But yes, that's our first blend actually. And, and what impressed me is Bottle and Bond is a very expensive whiskey to make because it's so restrictive. And typically that's something that someone does is kind of like a passion project later on after they're already well established. Right. If you want to learn more about Bottle and Bond, you can check out my episode with Bernie Lovers. Um, just look it up on the channel. Bottle and Bond whiskey is the green beret of whiskey. Okay. It's the hardest category to qualify for because it has the highest requirements. 
it's the easiest to get eliminated from because it's so restrictive. So, uh, but you don't just have the bottle of bon bourbon, which by the way, I, I think is great. Today's Thank the first you. day I've gotten yeah. to try it. Good. Um, I was a little bit afraid because the bottle and bond uh, bourbon doesn't go through the Lincoln County process. It is not. No. And I I might I may have been given too much credit for your Lincoln County process as to why I liked your Tennessee whiskey, even though it was pot still. It's not over the top and, and unctuous. Um, right. It must be your distilling technique. I'm very impressed. I appreciate you taking yeah. the time. Um, I'd like to ask if somebody wanted to get some of this whiskey, uh, right. where where could they find it? Because yes. Absolutely. A lot of people haven't heard of it because you're not everywhere. Right. No, we're, we're not. Um, we're actually, we're just now conquering our backyard of Nashville. So uh, we are currently only in Middle Tennessee. Um, we do have large plans. Uh, for the last four years, it was a hurry up and wait situation. It was get whiskey on wood. Now we're seeing that whiskey coming off wood. So we're, we're now focusing outside of the distillery more. Um, you can find us on sealbox.com. Uh, hopefully we'll be picking up that bourbon soon. We'll get that on there. Uh, if you want to call the distillery, we do have a list uh, of local places you can get it. We do plan on reaching Texas very soon. Um, that'd be great. We went east and west Tennessee, uh, potentially, and then even into Louisville soon. So, okay. um, we're now at this point where we're seeing the growth outside with distribution is, is going to be awesome. Um, All right. I want you to make me a deal. When y'all come to Dallas, I get to launch the first single barrel. I'll make that deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it to you. Yeah, I like it. Sure. So, I like it. All yeah. right. Well, I really yeah. appreciate you taking the time. Um, I would encourage everybody that if you are traveling through Nashville, yes. you should swing through Leaper's Fork. Not only is the drive beautiful, not only is Puckett's food great, but you're going to have a great experience here. The grounds are beautiful and the whiskey is great. And that's, you know, that's what we're looking for out there in the whiskey yep. world are these unique opportunities because we can't all drink Pappy Van Winkle every day. So <laughs> um, if, if this is your first time watching the channel, I just want to thank you. And I'd like to tell you a little bit about our channel philosophy. Our philosophy is about bringing people together. Whiskey has an amazing ability to do that. And that's something that's important to me because, unfortunately, I did lose my brother to suicide in 2014. And it made me realize that there are people all around you and I that are feeling alone and disconnected. And I saw that whiskey had the ability to pull people together, even people from different walks of life or different ideological views. And it's very hard to feel alone when you're really deeply involved in a community like the whiskey community. And since I was looking to help people feel connected, this podcast and whiskey was a great way to do it. Um, I, I do want everybody to feel loved and know that they're loved. And that's why I end every podcast the same way. And that's this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk. Cheers. Cheers. It makes me feel like I'm like a real, like, you need to just get It's like, boom, now. <laughs> you know why I like to clap? Because um, that sounds like I'm talking about. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that's I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably going in outtakes. Um, the reason why I like that is because when I first started doing this and my equipment, the audio recorded at a different speed than the video, and I had to line it back up. And so every time I forgot to do the clap, it was a nightmare. Pain in the butt. Yeah. So now. It's like the clap. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's just like the clap. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's very itchy. Anyways. All right.